Hi, MDRT. It's Laura. It is Friday, April 10th. I am bringing you season two, episode 13 of the MDRT podcast. Um, still a coronavirus edition. Um, I'm really excited to bring you my talk with Dr. Michelle Gioni, who is an OBGYN, um, sort of in my area. She lives in Westchester County, um, which is north of New York City, and it was the original epicenter of the um, coronavirus uh, pandemic in this area. And um, it's really interesting. She lived through an interesting time. talk a lot about all the changes that happened at her hospital, which is in White Plains, which is very close to New Rochelle, which is the city where that patient zero in Westchester lived. And, you know, of course, now uh, New York City is the epicenter, um, basically, of the country. And uh, both of us have seen some pretty promising sort of trends. Uh, We are flattening the curve. We are turning a corner. And um, it's, it's been good. We, we do obviously touch on other things, her running. And um, she is one of the, what I call the queen bees of OMG, the admin of uh, the, uh, the OBGYN group um, on Facebook group online. Um, and sadly, she did get sick this week. It was, she, her test was negative for um, COVID, but I, I suspect that that was a false negative, but um, I am happy to report that she's feeling better and she's on the mend. And um, yeah, sit back and enjoy my talk with Michelle. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me, Michelle? Yep. Great. Works so well. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm feeling a lot better. I made it through my shift yesterday without any issues. So that was an accomplishment. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you had to work. I know. Sucks. Well, you know, you only get seven days and then back to work. Right. Well, just to update everyone. Well, first of all, this is Michelle Gioni, who is an OBGYN in Westchester. And, you know, we're in this crazy time right now. Um, Westchester was the, the first epicenter of New York uh, State of the coronavirus um, epidemic, right? Yep. So how was that? Um, it was interesting because I think since we have friends, you know, like all over the country, I remember Emmy had posted a lot of stuff. So we were kind of seeing like, what was happening in Seattle. I feel like I was following things more closely than a lot of other people at my hospital and around. So I think initially people didn't really take it very seriously. And obviously there's still a lot of people not really taking it seriously, but that changed. It's, it was pretty dramatic. The change. Yeah. People were like, Oh, it's just the flu, blah, blah, blah. To like all of a sudden, you know, the hospital's on lockdown. There's no visitors. They're discussing like PPE and canceling surgeries. Like that basically happened over the weekend. I think the weekend before St. Patrick's day was the big shifting point here. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was right after we all came back from from Atlanta. Atlanta. 
yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll get back to that. But um, yeah, there was this famous, um, you know, patient zero, this lawyer who lives in Westchester, but he works in New York City. Mm-hmm. And he got very sick, and then uh, like a hundred of his contacts got, had coronavirus, basically. Yeah, I think because he went to like synagogue for um, a bar mitzvah, a bat mitzvah, and he went to like a funeral or something. So he was like all over, and it was a big, it's a pretty big temple, I think. So there was just a ton of people, and then it just spread everywhere. Yeah. How far do you live from that? particular area he was in new rochelle um which is i mean everything people say here like everything westchester's like 20 minutes away um and it's probably about 20 minutes i live um in like middle northern westchester so i live like 287 is the highway that kind of divides northern from southern westchester and i live just above that just north of that his new rochelle is in southern westchester um over on the east side Okay. And where's your hospital? My hospital is White Plains Hospital, which is pretty close to New Rochelle. It's probably only like five or 10 minutes away. Um, And it's like central lower Westchester. So then that weekend with your hospital, were there a bunch of things that were changing? And did you see like some cases come in on your OB on the OB side? We, I don't think we started to get OB cases until maybe the week later, but we were having some cases in the hospital. And I remember we had a meeting on that Friday and a couple people, one of the anesthesiologists and myself included, we brought up the whole canceling of elective surgeries. And actually at that point, administration was like kind of freaked out and was like, we don't need to do that, blah, blah, blah. And then I think it was that night that like the... American College of Surgery recommended it and some other people recommended it over the weekend. So by the time we got back to work Monday morning, elective cases were canceled. Right. So, so I, yeah, I feel like your hospital and what you guys were doing was sort of like the first, yeah, you know, things that happened. Yeah, I think definitely we've kind of been in the forefront of doing stuff. And I feel pretty lucky that they are doing what seems to be like a pretty good job of getting us PPE and trying their best to protect us and, and make things as safe as possible to work there. Yeah. Like, and especially hearing from other people, it's definitely a lot better than what a lot of people have. Yeah. I think it was pretty scary. The community had all these like cases and people connected to that person. And then they like locked that particular area down right uh, and then yeah, they like right. made a containment zone yeah. which I don't know how much that actually works because they still let people like go in and out for work and stuff so it's not like they kept them locked in there I'm not sure yeah. exactly how contained the containment zone was but right. theoretically that was there right and then I think testing got a little bit more ramped up in your particular area um quite early is that right yes I think it's been a probably two I, I lose track of time probably maybe three weeks now where if you need to get a test it's relatively easy to get accomplished uh, yeah if you have a doctor within like any basically any health system within Westchester there's the there's a big testing site in New Rochelle my hospital has two testing sites not on campus and now you can go like I did last week I went to the little tent outside the ER and then they triage you either for where I went the COVID cafe where you basically get tested (laughs) and sent home or you get triaged into the ER if you're actually like really sick and potentially needing hospitalization 
I mean, so you were working during this high risk time the whole time. And um, did you, were you taking care of known positive patients, you know, in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I've had at least a couple that I've taken care of that we were known positive. I did a C-section on a known positive two, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, yeah, two weeks. I think it was two weeks ago today when we took care of her. And it was and I was exposed to her without any PPE because we made the switch probably almost three weeks ago to everyone wearing a mask all the time. In the hospital, we have N95s for anyone who's in like prolonged contact time with patients. But this patient has mono mono twins and she'd been in the hospital for a little over a month. And we'd seen okay. her like every time we were on call when we're rounding, right. we've been seeing her daily and for weeks without any PPE. And so we don't yeah. know like how she got it either. Like her husband was basically the only one visiting her. So either she, her husband brought it into her or someone in the hospital gave it to her. Oh. Like either we gave it to her or she brought it. Right, right, like, right. Didn't really have a lot of contact with the outside world. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Did she, how'd she do end up? She um... ended up doing great. The babies were good. Um, yeah. And then they were 32 weeks. And then uh, we had the whole team in place. The section, she was really anxious just at baseline, but the section went fine. She recovered well, went home. She hasn't been back as far as I know. As outpatient, she's been doing pretty well. She had really mild symptoms. She only got tested because a nurse like did the screening and she had said she'd been having a cough. So then they, they were like, oh, well, now we're testing everybody. Or, I mean, at that point, we weren't testing everybody, but anybody that had a cough, we started testing. And so then they tested her, delayed her surgery one day. And then she, it was good that we did that because then she came back positive. Yeah. I also did twins like two weeks ago. So I don't know. <laughs> and my patient also had very mild symptoms. Um, and I think that's like, um, I'm sure you're finding like people, a lot of people have milder, you yeah. know, are asymptomatic, um, which is the problem with this disease. It, it's like runs the spectrum. And if you feel perfectly fine, you could be spreading it all over to the place. And then um, the person you spread it to, like, you know, has a, a terrible course, mm -hmm. which is you know, the problem. Yeah. So then tell us what happened like a week ago when you were um, just going about your business. You said you went to the COVID cafe. Yeah. So what happened? So I was on call last Monday and then I got home in the morning and I kind of had a little bit of a cough and like some chest pain, but I was like, oh, I'm just being a hypochondriac. It's from being in the hospital for 24 hours and the dry air and stuff. And so then I took a nap and then I woke up and then I had a fever and I'm like, oh, great. I guess maybe it's yeah. not. Um, yeah. So then I went, I, I talked to my chair and I was like, so where do I go and to get tested? And then thankfully we do have good like resources for getting tested. It was pretty easy. Like I said, I went to yeah. the little tent, told them what happened. I told them I worked there and have been, but have been exposed to at least a couple of COVID patients. So then I went in. It was really quick. It only took like 20 minutes. I got swabbed, which is pretty terrible. Um, yeah. It's not a comfortable thing. Like they go. Yeah. I hear they stick that thing way it's up. Like, like they touch your yeah, brain. Like three baby. and a half to four inches up your nose. So it's really uncomfortable. And then, um, and then I left. And then thankfully, because I work in the hospital, they also get your results back faster. They like prioritize them. Um, so I had it back within 24 hours. Okay. And how did you feel in the next couple of days? I mean, the, basically I stayed in bed from, that was Tuesday. I went to bed at like eight o'clock and I slept until noon the next day. And then I just laid in bed and 
took another nap and went back to bed at eight that night. Um, I felt pretty terrible from like Tuesday into Friday. Friday, I decided that I was going to make myself better. And so I got up and like made my kids breakfast and was trying to do their e-learning stuff. And then I felt terrible and had to lay down because I was so dizzy. So then I, I learned from that and just took it easy over the weekend. And finally, by Monday, I felt like 50% like I could actually get through the day without like having to lay down I stayed out of bed the whole day and then Tuesday I felt pretty good and then I was able to go to work yesterday and I made it through my shift and first task I was like if I can make it through the c-section without feeling like I'm gonna pass out then I think I should be good and I did I mean your test ended up being negative which I think there is a good number of false negative tests, especially if you take it in that first 24 hours. Right. That's what I've read. Like up to 30% can be false negative. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there's really nothing, no other entity, no other bugs going around right now. Like, I mean, in my book, you definitely had it. When I was talking to employee health, they were like, huh, that's fairly strange. You have all the symptoms. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was just a false negative. My friend works urgent care in the city and she says they're not really seeing flu anymore. They haven't been seeing it for a few weeks because that's the only other thing I figure would like keep me in bed for days and days. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. Rich says the same. My husband, who's in the ER, like he swabbed everyone for yeah, the flu. They're, they're all negative. Yeah, it's gone. Exactly. That's what she it's, it's literally yeah. disappeared. There's no flu anymore. I mean, and when adults get a fever, like that's weird. Right. That's unusual. Like you don't get a fever from like your common cold right. or anything like that. So, uh, so. Uh, what about your coffin stuff? Like, do you have, like, did I you have one coffin. like over the weekend? It got, it actually like, it was just mild at the beginning. I'd say by like Friday, it got worse. And over the weekend and into Monday, it actually got pretty bad. And like, it just, it, there's like, it, I, it's hard to describe. It's not exactly like, I didn't feel short of breath, but I had this chest like tightness and pain with the cough or with deep breathing or certain positions where it just like, it felt almost like, like my chest wall was aching okay and that's finally pretty much gone it had it a little bit at work yesterday but by the end of the day it was pretty much gone I'm like astounded you went to work like really <laughs> you know we all do crazy things where you <laughs> I know we go to work when we have flu and have morning coronavirus or coronavirus but like the, the the new york state the health the guidelines say like seven days from the onset of symptoms as long as you've been fever free and i didn't have a fever at all over the weekend so and my i had a partner who had, she texted me a couple of times yesterday and she actually had taken my call last friday that i was supposed to work and she was like if you need me to come and cover so you can rest or whatever i'll be around so just let me know so that was a good backup just in case like i couldn't make it through the day and it was getting really rough then she would have come and helped yeah I mean I'm assuming you were gowned up from head to toe like yeah which also like when you're not feeling 100% when you're yes terrible layers and you're doing a section under the lights and sweating that was not that pleasant oh I'm sorry it's okay I'm sorry Michelle I know we're so you're such a badass you're so like such a trooper just keep on moving um (laughs) I mean, I think overall I had it pretty mild. Um, obviously, like I didn't have to go in the hospital, which was great. We have, I think, last week I would heard we had 200 patients in-house and um, 28 on vents. So I don't know what the update is for this week, but we had a lot of people there last week. 
How's your family? Did anyone else get sick? No, my kids have been fine. Um, And my husband, he hasn't been going to work for, I think, three and a half weeks or so now. He's doing some, like, telemed stuff from from our bedroom. He set up a little desk. Um, but he hasn't been there and he's, I slept in the guest room for the last little over, like basically since last Tuesday. Um, and so far he's been fine. So here's hoping. Yeah, that's, that's hopeful at least. So that was our worry too. Like if we both ended up getting it at the same time and we're really sick, we don't have any family near here. So then we're like, who would watch the kids? Like our nanny lives in Brooklyn and she would take them, but then she's exposing like her whole family to whatever germs we have too. And then we could just be contributing to the spread even more. But like at the same point, we need someone to watch them. They're little, can't just (laughs) hang out here by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. What does your husband do? He, He does bariatric surgery. Okay. So he really hasn't been doing any Nothing. surgery yeah, for a while. Yeah, all their surgeries for the last, since, since that weekend, right, right around St. Patrick's Day, they canceled all their cases too. Yeah. How's he feeling about everything? He's, he's conflicted because like he wants to be working and it sucks to not be operating. But at the same point, like he's seeing what, what I'm dealing with like he hasn't been in the hospital in forever and so I think it's hard and then as private practice obviously there's the struggle with that and like trying to pay their employees and keep the business afloat and then they wonder too the long-term things because after we do start going back and are doing elective surgeries who's gonna sign up for bariatric surgery like right off the the bat especially if everybody's lost their health insurance now they won't be able to afford it and so it's a lot of unknown for the future is he in private practice, like a partner? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. He probably, I mean, did he may have already done it, apply for the loans, the yeah, payroll loans. Yeah, and all still the waiting to call back business. about all of that stuff. Yeah, we definitely did all that too. So, uh, well, let's switch gears. There's two ways I want to go. Let's talk about running a little bit since we are on the <laughs> running <laughs> podcast. Yep. Um. I'm sure you haven't run in a very long time, but no, tell us. My job. I know. Um, tell us about how you got into running, Michelle. Um, I started, I never really grew up as a runner. I actually kind of hated it when I was younger. I played volleyball, so I liked like short sprints and jumping and yeah. that kind of stuff, but I never really did running. And then I think it was probably like the end of college. My one roommate and I would sometimes go running a little bit. And then in med school, I did a few races. Um, I actually did the Chicago marathon in 2006 when I was a second year medical student. It was the day before my pathology final, yeah. which somehow I passed, even though like, yeah. I don't know, I didn't really study. And then it was like, it was fun. The, the, the race itself, I remember was really fun and going through all the different neighborhoods in Chicago was awesome. But it's like the training, I did it mostly by myself and I wasn't, I got injured and so I didn't really train properly. So like I didn't enjoy the marathon as much as I thought I would. And so then I swore off running a marathon, which lasted until last year. And yeah, like we all did. We all have this big gap. I I think I I made it for like a year and a half or almost two years in MDRT before I got peer pressured into (laughs) signing up for a marathon. Yeah. Was, and it the pig? was the pig? It was or flying no? pig, yeah. It was flying pig. And then that was so much fun. Then I had to sign up for another one. Then I did Philly, which was less fun because also life and training and things got in the way and injuries, but it was still fun. So now I'm signing up. I signed up for Chicago for this fall. 
Ah, you're going back. I'm going back. My husband entered the lottery and he got a spot in the lottery. It'll be his first marathon. Um, his whole family lives in Chicago, so we'll get to hang out with family, assuming that it actually even happens. And yeah. so then I did a, I'm doing it for charity. Oh, good. Oh, so you're spreading the, the running disease yeah. to your to your family. Yeah, he's done. He did New York City half with me in 2018. That was his first and um, first race ever. Um, yeah, that was really cold, right? It was really that cold. One? It was the, that that was really like, cold. like 25 or something at the start. Yeah. I was there. And yeah. then he was supposed to do it with me last year, but then he got injured. Like he hurt his knee just like two days before. So then he um, deferred to this year and then got canceled. And then we didn't run. Yeah. So <laughs> we did do Brooklyn half last fall. So he's done in a total of two races ever. And he doesn't, he doesn't have the race bug like I do. Like I think races are fun. I like getting the medals. I like being around the people and like doing the courses. And he just runs by himself when he wants. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's still a fun activity both of you can do, and like you know, yeah, he, um, it's healthy except for the injuries right. and stuff. But but that's great. What's your favorite? Do you like the half, or you like I think the full, or I mean, you like smaller distances? I think I like the half the most because I'm not like super fast, so I feel like five k's and shorter when you're trying to run so fast. It's just I haven't quite embraced the like being comfortable, being uncomfortable. So I feel like with a half, you're still kind of pushing hard, but not quite to the point where you are like for a 5k where you want to throw up the whole time. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then you did the half in Atlanta, right? Yep. Yeah. How was that? How was Atlanta? It was fun. It was, I, you know, it's funny because when I, I signed up for it so long ago when everybody else was, and then for a while I was like, maybe I won't go. I don't know. Like I might just stay home. And then everyone keeps talking about it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have major FOMO if I don't go. So yeah. then I bought my plane ticket and got committed. And then as usual, I was glad that I made the decision to go. It was really yeah. fun. Aaron and yeah, I did so it many together as a trainer yeah. for New York City half. So we just kind of enjoyed it. Although we, we felt like it was a little harder than we were planning since there were so many hills. So it was so hilly. <laughs> it was so hilly. It was so hilly, but I mean, it was good training, you know, yeah. and it was a nice day. We had a perfect day. Yeah, it was fun. And then having our little tent at the end so we could see everybody else come in was probably one of the most fun things ever. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was going to happen. Yeah, like, it was that awesome. Was, that was, that was, that was Whenever we saw a shirt and then everybody cheered. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I'm going to back up. How was the Philly? We glazed over it, but we were both at Philly. Yeah. I didn't see you, but... um. It was like rainy and kind of gross, but yeah, I think I saw you go by me when we were, you know, the out and back part. Like when I was, going oh out, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I saw you going back. Yeah. Like, I was. I really like that part of the course yeah. that you did get to see I know, so I many like people. That people going by. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It was um, a rainy day. I made it just before it started to like downpour, which yeah, which was great. And that like I, my daughter was sick right before that, so I missed like three weeks of the last training um because she was in the hospital for almost a week and then oh right hold it what happened she, she had something? a seizure so she, that's right yeah, oh so my she gosh she was in the hospital for a few days getting an EEG and that whole workup but she's doing great since then um but like my training got derailed so I I, I actually asked of course everybody like if I should even like stick with the marathon or if I should have dropped down to the half or 
whatever and everyone's like you know how everybody is they're like just just do it so I figured I'd go out and see how long I could run and then if I had to stop running then I would just like walk or run slow and whatever and I actually somehow I managed I think because Philly's pretty flat I managed to finish only like three minutes behind my time for flying pigs so I kept running that's that's awesome yeah Yeah. and the crowds were great really great yeah there weren't enough porta potties at the beginning of that race, I feel like, but um, otherwise, I think like, I went was... at my hotel right before I left, and then I just managed to just ran, just run. I've knock on wood, I've never had to stop during a race to use a porta potty, and I've never, wow, and I've never, I've, I've never peed on myself either. Wow, that was a good race to pee on yourself. If you're I mean, if you're to, going though, to, nobody like... would have noticed because you, yeah, wow. it was. <laughs> <laughs> you have good you have a, i don't know stomach of steel or something like that because do you have to take oh, emodium yeah, or anything do the emodium, oh, okay. otherwise i probably would have to pour a potty but the emodium works and then i just don't drink a lot so then. and i you're like i don't eat or i don't drink well, it's like and the, it's, fine. it's the ob effect i can go an easy 12 hours without ever using the bathroom so like, my right. bladder can expand to i don't know probably a couple liters <laughs> red crazy what we um tolerate so so then after so then you said chicago's or chicago's yeah i made myself not sign up for a spring marathon because i didn't want to do the training quite yeah that was very and that was yeah it was smart it ended up working out well so then i didn't have to be disappointed when it got canceled so yeah so chicago's my next one did you have like were you in denial that week before um the half marathon uh the new york half like i, I was know. like i was in total denial much. like i was so stupid i don't know what i was thinking yeah, you, but um i was looking forward know. to the new york half um as you were yeah no i think i was kind of like they, i'm like they have to cancel it it's going to be a really bad decision if they don't and i know like you and sounny were like no we got to do it it's great it's gonna- <laughs> i just really don't think it's going to happen so I was, I think they should have canceled it probably like the week before so that people had more time to like cancel their travel plans and stuff. But yeah, I had a feeling it was coming. I was just every day I kept logging onto their website to see when they would make the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a silly thought now. And then all the marathons, of course, were canceled. And now we have 20 million <laughs> marathons to do in the, in the No, fall, we'll all be so. doing back to back to back races. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing you haven't run in like weeks now. Well, I had run last Sunday. I ran. Oh, you yeah, did? The, big, the day before my shift because I felt I still felt fine then. So like okay. a week ago. Well, I guess it's been a week and a half. So and, yeah. I actually might try exercising this afternoon. I might. Just, yeah. Like, I, easy I hear you're a big Peloton yeah, person. I'm going to do a Peloton ride. So that's easier because then I can take it easy and just, you know, like turn down the resistance if I'm not feeling well and I can just do a 20 minute ride, but at least I get back to doing something. Yeah. What is your normal, like sort of schedule with uh, running and Peloton and cross training and all that kind of stuff? Um, I normally, I run usually no more than like three days a week. I found that if I try to do more than that is when I start getting injured. So I, I have a hard time, like taking it easy on runs. So I tend to push a little too hard, I think. So if I try to do four workouts and then it's like four kind of moderate to high intensity, I tend to start getting aches and pains things. Um, So I usually do like three runs a week and then I usually do the Peloton two to three times a week. And then I usually take call on Wednesdays. So Wednesday is usually my rest day. I don't do anything except 
whatever has happening at the well, hospital. Yeah. Um, and then um, I'll do the other, I love all the Peloton stuff. So then I'll do like the yoga classes sometimes. And I just started this winter doing a lot more of their strength stuff because I'm trying to actually build some upper body strength for the first time in my life. Yay. We love strength. My, my yeah. ultimate fitness goal is to do a pull-up. Just one. Yeah. I mean, you're so tall, yeah, though. I, I get it, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can see you playing volleyball and all that, like, in your younger days. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that totally fits. Um, but so even during marathon training, you're running three days a week? Um, I usually I would do a little bit more during like marathon training, I would go up to four, but really if I, I would have to take it really easy one day yeah. or only do like 20 or 30 minutes because otherwise I really would, I'd start to get either shin problems or like my hips or my knees would just feel weird or I'd just get too run down. So I try to do better quality workouts and just not quite as much, but I've never, I've never done the mileage. Like I see a lot of people do from marathon training, but it seems to work. Like I've gotten faster yeah. and I've finished the races and in most of the time I haven't gotten injured. So, um, that seems to work for me. That's why I think for Chicago, I might do the, the run less run faster. Plan, Cause I yeah. feel like that would probably really be perfect for what I usually do. Yeah, I've definitely used that. It's um, good. I actually find the workouts to be really hard, though. So, yeah. um, just, that's just... Yeah. Um, do you have a coach or a run coach? No, or I anything? just follow what everybody on MDRT says. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, that looks like a good idea. I've mostly for, yeah. for longer races, I, I more or less follow like a like a Hal Higdon plan, like a, the intermediate one. Yeah. So I kind of keep up with that, at least for the long runs to know like how many miles to do. And then the other days, usually I'll do like a lot of times I do it if I can't get out um, on the trails and stuff by my house, I'll do it on the tread. So I'll do like a 45 minute class. So which for me is usually like four and a half miles or miles yeah. or so so those are my so, mid distance runs do a peloton tread and yep, a bike? I have both. oh my gosh it's awesome you're like a i'm like a peloton <laughs> spokesperson i'm wearing my peloton shirt yeah. right now yeah you could sell a lot of those yeah. units to uh to the mama docs or all the mo- <laughs> like the pmg I, I do my best people yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should get a commission I, yeah from i them. should i, could, I, could, I yeah. need a side job yeah, now so i should because you have so much free time and so much free energy to like just you know do other stuff um do you run by yourself in general yeah I usually run by myself um Andrea and I met up a few times to run but there's not that many people around that I know of and I kind of like um I, it's like my my time to be alone and away from my kids and just like listen to music or um or relax by myself without anybody bothering me or asking me for stuff yeah no totally I (laughs) I agree like I feel like a lot of the doctors like run solo and our schedules are so weird I just want to get up and go yeah I usually do my long runs on Tuesday mornings because it's my morning well before my weird schedule now it's usually my Tuesday it's my morning off so then the kids are at school and I can go and run all morning and then I don't take away time from like when we want to do anything like on the weekend for the like family right. stuff where they have dance class and karate and things like that. So yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your kids. Mommy, come My on. one just walked in. Uh, hi. Can you say hi. No. 
Um, Danielle. <laughs> it's Daniela. She's four. She's in pre-K. Um, she likes to dance, right? And you like princesses. Yeah. And unicorns. And unicorns. Yeah. And unicorns. <laughs> Who does like you unicorns? Yeah. yeah. And then Luca is six. He's was in kindergarten and now I'm trying to teach him kindergarten um yeah. which is interesting and doesn't always get done and like when I'm at the work for the day then um then he I don't know he does whatever I don't think my husband's yeah. trying to do like the telemed visit so then he doesn't get much instruction those days but I figure at least it's yeah. lucky that he's in kindergarten so even if he doesn't really get much the rest of the year he can already he's already doing pretty well so he'll be okay yeah I think in the grand scheme of things this month or two like of missed learning is really not that big of a deal so. yeah I think it's harder for you guys with the older kids because like they really are I mean a couple to be quiet um it's it's harder to make us like kindergarten it's not the end of the world yeah yeah yes and no I mean my kids sit at the computer all day some of it's even more intense and stressful like my middle one says it's just like it gives so much homework yeah they do I've seen some he his teacher has been actually it's really reasonable for kindergarten it's like read for 20 minutes do math for 20 minutes write a sentence what do you want um if you have to go and like you could finish up later I just have to get them snacks okay Yay. Yay, snacks. Like multitasking. Um, how's Daniela? Was she... The yogurt and the big one for the ice cream. Okay. Because the yogurt is small. Give me that little one. What's about Daniela? Did she have a diagnosis? Yeah, so they were calling it benign epilepsy of childhood. And so she's on anti-epileptic medication for... Stop um, they probably for two years and then they'll reassess and hopefully she'll be able to come off of it but usually they keep them on for like two years and she's been fine since she's been on the medication she hasn't had any more seizures and she's been doing really well so we're hoping that it feels like just like a diagnosis of exclusion right like they checked yeah, everything she had an MRI. And- and that was all normal. There were no structural abnormalities. And he actually, the neurologist said that it's better when it's in like younger kids because they do tend to outgrow it. And so she should be fine. Sometimes as late as puberty, but usually not much later than that. Um, so he said it's much better than like when they're diagnosed as teenagers because then they, those are the ones that tend to do a lot worse. Yeah. That's so scary. It though, was really still. scary. It was like the worst day. He didn't. I was at work and my husband called me and goes, I think she's post-ictal. I think she had a seizure. And I'm like, we'll take her to the ER and I'll meet you there. And then we got there and like she couldn't talk. And she um, used that one. And like she was just staring off into space for probably like three hours. Wow. Did someone witness the actual seizure activity? Not the first one. She was taking a nap and then he went in to check on her because they were going to get ready for swim class. And she had um, vomited all over her bed and she had like lost continence, which she never does. So, uh, yeah. And usually when she throws up at night, then she'll be really upset and she'll cry. So that was weird. But then when we were in the ER, their seizure, that's so we were there. And so we saw that one. Oh, 
Oh my gosh, I'd yeah. be freaking out. And then apparently on the initial MRI, he did, there was some sort of potential uh, lesion or something that they saw, but the neurologist was really smart. And he didn't mention that until after we got the formal MRI under sedation. That was then normal three days later. So okay. we didn't have to stress out for three days that there was something going on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad yeah. she's doing good. She, t- she doesn't mind no, taking thankfully. her medicine. She hated when she was on amoxicillin for a strep throat. She was like the worst. So we were really nervous that this was yeah. going to be a daily struggle. But she actually, she takes it fine. She reminds forgotten that she hasn't taken her brain medicine and which yeah. is great <laughs> her yeah, brain, medicine. brain medicine so that her brain continues to work the right way because otherwise we're like remember when you couldn't talk yeah. she kind of remembers she's like oh yeah see my brain's working right I can still talk yeah so it doesn't sound like she's like overly anxious or scared about it no and like I don't think she really remembers the scary part thankfully and that's what the neurologist yeah. said too he's like the parents have a lot harder time dealing with this than the kids because they don't remember but you guys remember and it'll take you a long time to forget yeah no totally no totally it's so so scary um, the other one thing I wanted to ask you about, like you are a admin for the OBGYN group, the OMG. Mm-hmm. And so how'd you end up doing that? Like that seemed like one of the first sort of online things that yeah, you were doing. Yeah, I think doing. that was one of the, I, I got added to the original PMG, I think back in like 2015 by a friends from like high school and and then when I was studying I was studying for boards actually for oral boards and then a friend from either there I think or some other little offshoot group told me about OMG and so then I I got added there which is such a nice resource to have because I mean it's such an interesting position to be with our weird call schedules and stuff and to be moms and trying to deal with that and it's fun. And then I, I became admin because um, they were just, I think they were seeing who wanted to help with member ads because even though we're all physicians on there, people suck really bad at following instructions of yes. how to add people. So like, it's such a process yeah. and it's not even hard. You have to like add them to the tab and then you write on the little document, like their professional information so we can make sure that they're actually a doctor and not just a sneaky person but you would be surprised at how many people cannot figure that out yeah no totally um so you've been admin for like I I don't know yeah yeah I mean I think I appreciate that group so much because it's it feels like small kind Mm -hmm. of like MDRT too like it's really managed well I I mean you would think that all these groups are managed well but they're not (laughs) they're so not yeah we like it Um, that's why we try to only let people in when you know them you're like you're supposed to know the people you're adding in real life not just yeah not random like people who say so because we do try to keep it smaller because once a group reaches a certain size it's just too hard to control and then it loses the the nice like family feel where you kind of know some of the people or you feel like you know them and and it's a safer place and the bigger it gets the more people spill things outside of the group yeah no totally and I think um during this like pandemic or weird area like we're just facing 
some more specific type of concerns because like the labor floor right. doesn't close. It's not like bariatric surgery no where babies. we're like, okay, like we just don't okay. have to see patients Nobody can be born anymore. this month because of the pandemic going on. Right, right. Let's just, you know, it's, it's unsafe. Let's just close. And then, um, but we're, but, you know, our patients weren't like quote unquote sick with COVID. Um, and so people, I think at first, like weren't even thinking like, oh, this would be right. problematic that women are coming in, they're in labor, they have like nonspecific complaints that sound like labor or just are feeling fine. And then we realize, like, oh, everyone yeah. has, has this virus. <laughs> and um, it was like really, really hard to sort of strategize and get all the stuff that we needed. Um, and like New York and Westchester seem to get up to date um, a little bit more quickly. Yeah, quick, I think we kind of quickly are forced than... to since we have so many cases and things here. And um, it's so funny though, like the screening questions are still asking people if they've had exposure to people from like, know, China stupid. and Italy. I'm like, how about like your neighbors? Like, have you been outside of your house in yeah. the last two weeks? Because you're probably more likely to get it. Yeah from New York City or Westchester right. than China at this point. So like, no, who's gone totally. to China like, in two weeks? Nobody. No one. Yeah. No right. one has been anywhere like in two weeks. It. You basically, oh. like, yeah. Well, how about questions like, are you essential worker? Like, do you work outside your house? And like, do you have to take public transportation yeah. and all that kind of stuff? So did, are you guys seeing less cases you feel like? Cause I, we I definitely have, do. I think my, when somebody from my office just texted today and they saw six positive cases in the office last week. And we have a list in our call room of like people we know that are positive that have been tested. And we have like four or five hanging around out there. Um, but on the labor floor yesterday, we didn't have any, both my group and the other group that delivers, there was no positive patients. We're now testing everybody when they come through the door and they're too so yeah that's nice and it kind of yeah. even I yeah. mean it's maybe falsely reassuring if it's a potentially a false negative but at least if they're positive we right. can isolate them better right from the start yeah I'm glad that that seems to be like almost standard of care in areas yeah. where there's high prevalence because that's definitely like Columbia sort of took hold of it and there's that big right. controversy of partners and no partners but like whatever. So we have to have partners, but yeah, now we're just testing everyone. Like everyone gets a test. You get a swab yep. in your nose and Welcome you get a swab in your hospital. nose. <laughs> so your nose. Right. Yeah. Our, um, right. So I, our policy now is the dad has to, it comes with her that she's, he's not allowed to leave the room at all. So he can't like, he can't even go in the hallway or do anything. So he's in the labor room with her the whole time. We give them like the, the outer like over disposable scrubs that they normally wear into C-sections. He has to wear that the whole time. They both wear masks when they're there, when anyone else is in the room. And then after the mom recovers, when she goes over to postpartum, then the partners or the support person leave. Yeah, that's exactly our policy. Like every, um, even actually when they come to the hospital to like triage the um, patient, he has to stay downstairs. He doesn't even get to go upstairs until she's admitted. And then he, he like, is locked in the room and yep. can't leave for any reason whatsoever. You're like, you have to walk the yeah, dog. Exactly. Sorry, you can't how, come back. How much hospital, does the dog so. really Right, right. So, I mean, I, f- I feel like it's helping. Um, I feel we, unlike you, we have like, do you have a lot of not orthodox really. um, We get a few, but not, we don't have a ton. We, we have just a, not a, not a real big population. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're at Mount Sinai here. So like uh, population's large and just unfortunately because of like the way their community is, the social distancing really didn't no. like work with their, you know, culture. And so <laughs> we're, um, I feel like that. Yeah. Has been that's a little definitely, bit especially now with and... Passover. So I'm sure people aren't actually following yeah. the guidelines. Right. Rules. Yeah. I mean, before, you know, they weren't, you know, extended family, obviously yep. there's just large families and then, and then people were getting sick and then they were having mm-hmm. funerals, which I understand. I mean, so sad. All these with people nobody, are dying with it, but with nobody, but, um, and then the funeral issue, but you know, they were still holding services. So it's just like mm-hmm. a big revolving circle. That, like we can't break the circle of, yep. of this whole thing. So, but I mean, sounds like maybe you're, you guys maybe. are turning I'm a hopeful. corner up there. So. Yeah. Um, what was your practice like structure before and what does it look like now that, um, you know, that this whole thing, are you tries trying to do like more hospital a couple days in a row and then at home? We are less office half and or half. What? So we have eight physicians. And so four of us now are on a Q4, 24 hours in the hospital rotation and then the other four are rotating in the office and seeing all the OBs and the emergent GYN stuff and dealing with all the office stuff okay and then are you going to switch or you guys just like signed up like I I like inpatient like this the younger people we all got like volunteered to the hospital side and then the older people are out in the office yeah I don't know necessarily which one is better because they're at least in the hospital, we have pretty good PPE. Like, I don't know what they're doing as far as masks and things in the office. I know they're not allowing any partners in the office with like the OB patients. They have to come alone and they get screened at the door and stuff too. But it's still, you know, people slip through under the radar with, with yeah. things. So, yeah, but I think totally. this is the plan for now, which honestly, like if I had to be one or the other, I'd rather okay. be like in the hospital than in the office all the time. And so that's no, okay. and then the three so days you don't that we're not it. working, we're home and we have no responsibilities. So, okay. So it's better because, and that all of us that are yeah. in the hospital have little kids. So it actually kind of works out a little bit better because then we are here to help with the homeschooling and do that kind of stuff. And I don't have to, I haven't had my yes. nanny come in a couple of weeks. So then it's less people in and out of the house. So that's better too. Yeah. But you're 24 hours, yeah, like basically we used to in the take hospital. Take home calls, so we would come, like, and if nothing was going on, then we'd just be home. But now they wanted us just to stay there, just so we're less in and out, and so just less exposure for mostly for our families too. So we're not like bringing stuff home to our kids and our other family members if you were in and out of the hospital with yeah. all the patients. Yeah. Are you going to reassess like how long yeah, you're going to sure. do this for? Yeah, I'm not sure. One or... partner in the hospital and I the other morning when I was getting there and she was leaving, we were talking about that. She's a really bad black cloud. So her calls are always miserable. So she's like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Yeah. Apparently. Oh my gosh. It's my, that's my partner, Michelle. She's also MDRT. I'm going to shout her out, but she is the worst black cloud on the planet. I just don't understand. Like. She goes away on vacation and nothing happens, like literally like zero deliveries. And she comes back yep. and she delivers like 20 people with yep, like all sorts of problems. She, uh, she apparently, they did, were yeah. doing the stats and for March, she delivered 30 people. And the next closest of anyone in the hospital was um, someone from the other group who delivered 15. <laughs> I think I've yeah. delivered like eight. And you're like, 
Yeah. No, it sounds about right. It sounds like you guys yeah, are pretty, pretty high busy. Volume. Like I said, there's eight physicians and we have a midwife. So all of us have our own patients, um, OB patients that we follow. And I'm not looking forward to August of this month because I feel like I know I personally have a ton of people do in August and I'm sure everybody else does too. So I feel like our, like we're going to explode in August at the hospital. I need to take yeah. vacation. Hopefully this will be over and I can take a week off. Yeah. I didn't Did you have, have vacation right now. Plans? My husband actually no. was supposed to go to um, to Chicago next week, and he was going to take Luca, our six-year-old, and they were going to like go for a week. And um, it was his dad's seventieth birthday next weekend, so they were going to go for a party and then yeah. hang out and like go to a couple Cubs games and stuff. So that trip is canceled, obviously. But we didn't. I didn't have any vacation until mm. my my first coming up vacation is supposed to be in July to go to Portland to see my family. So. We're hopeful that that will still happen. Yeah. It's just so hard to like right, know what our plans are going to be, right? Travel like, what is the state? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm hopeful too, but yeah, I was like trying to think about summer plans and I'm like, we, right. I don't even know if the camps are running. I have no idea. I don't know what when things are going to go back to what whatever the new normal like. is going to be. Yeah. No totally it's it's so hard so so in westchester there's it sounds like two at least big for, groups, yeah for my hospital right? the other or... group is west med so west med yeah yeah they're big throughout oh they, i know them they go to a few hospitals but there are other big there's actually two west med groups at white plains so they have five or six i think physicians in each group for this they're yeah. doing the same as us like there's eight of them i think that are covering the hospital and four of them that are in the office so, and then they have like a backup. So yeah. like one person is there covering both groups during the day. And then there's a backup person that will come in if like it gets really chaotic or that person also, I think does postpartum rounds and stuff in the morning and then goes home and then they're on call like 24 hours the next day. So their system's a little different than ours, but yeah. we're backing each other up and just kind of trying to be helpful and do whatever we need to, to yeah. all get through it. Right. Yeah. We have like little groups of like backup plans because we, we tend to be like smaller groups in, or there's a bunch you of smaller guys, groups. You have residents um, too, right? Like, yeah. So at least for like oh, we two do. sections, yes. you have, we have residents for that. Yeah. Oh, we, have yes. a, we have hospitalists, but do you know? they, uh, they have been. Okay. Now, so who so do you scrub with? Sometimes we scrub with the West Med, like the other group. Um, but in general, this hospitalist scrub with us most of the time. But our hospitals are only OB hospitalists, okay. so if you have a GYN case, then most of the time they won't do it with you because they're supposed to be watching the labor floor and keeping track of things. So then you yeah, you have to you end up calling in the WestMed person from the other group. Yeah. Does that hospitalist have they their see own all the patients service patients? Then? So anybody like, like any unassigned patients that come in, um, we have. There's one group that's like a community health center that they deliver at the medical center, the like county medical center here. But they used to deliver with White Plains, so some of them, some of them go there just because that's the only place that'll take their insurance with the full intention of coming to White Plains Hospital to deliver, even though their doctor and nothing is there just because that's where they want to deliver. So the hospitalists now take care of those. Got people. it. Got it. Got it. Do you know, hold it, like uh, Julie Bierashak? She, she might be, but West I think Med? she's out of her? Greenwich maybe. Yes. Yeah. And then yep. Tiffany she Werbin. Actually, any she's of these at Northern Westchester. She was in the group. I actually delivered with my kids with them. 
with her and uh, her group. Ah, yeah. Okay. These are all Sinai yeah. people, old Sinai people. Mm-mm. Janine Popo, does that ring a bell? Um, yeah, he delivered Naveed my um, daughter. He delivered Daniela. Yeah. He did. He went, yeah, he was one of my chief residents he when I was like a lot of a first one of year, my chief like residents when I was an intern. So he's kind of a funny guy. He reminded me of my friend Dave. Yeah. Yeah. He's like this beautiful family. His 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 uh, wife is like this gorgeous, like beautiful, like she looks like a Arabian princess. <laughs> they just have this like gorgeous family. But yeah. and he had a white cloud from what I remember. He must yeah, have had it was, an easy it was an elective then. induction. It got delayed because the floor was busy. So but then he called me at like two and he's like, Can you come now? And like, yep. And I'm like, I promise I won't make you deliver me in the middle of the night. So like I got there, they started the pit. I got a ROMs, got my epidural and had the baby at seven fifteen. Yeah. Awesome. Was that, that was um, second? Was it your first or your second? It was like a four hour okay. induction. Like, yeah. The way to do I mean, it. Yes, that's like a slam dunk. Yeah, <laughs> totally. How were your labor and first deliveries besides that? Place. How was the yeah. first one? Um, I know. And I worked Of course you did. I was, in, <laughs> I was at Jacoby in the Bronx back then. So I, um, I'd gone for a visit the like four days before and my blood pressure was up, but then all my labs were fine. So they sent me home, which honestly, I probably should have been induced because I was gestational hypertensive. But I'm like, it's okay. I need a couple more days. So then the last day when I went. Yeah. <laughs> we did different things back it then. It was only anyway. six years ago. Um, but then I went for my, yeah. I went to work. It was a Monday and like, I'm like, I, I don't feel very well. And I was up on L and D just being like a backup person. And I had them check my blood pressure and it was like 150 over 90. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I guess like today's the day. And then I went to my appointment still halfway in yeah. denial. I packed my bag, but I left it at home. Um, and I got there and then my blood pressure was like 170 over 95 or something. So then I went to the hospital and my <laughs> husband ran and like dropped the dog off at the neighbors. And then the same thing. They're like, well, you don't have any protein and your labs are fine. So I was 38 and four, I think. And they're like, we could keep you overnight and monitor and see. And I'm like, just induce me. Like it's time. Like it's fine. Yeah. How was I do look blood very pressures much, at the but hospital. at one point they were getting to the point where they were almost going to like start mag and push labetalol. So they're like, do you want to get an epidural? It might bring them down. I'm like, sure, I'll just do it. I was like two centimeters and like totally fine. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's just yeah. do it so that maybe that'll drop my blood pressure and then I can avoid being on mag and it works. Yeah. Oh, you never got the experience no, of going into spontaneous okay. labor. <laughs> Well, that's like it's why, overrated like, my, my inductions were so fast because that one I start I think they started the process at maybe like six at night and he was born at 3 30 in the morning so I'm like and then the second induction oh. was only like four hours so I'm like if I ever had spontaneous labor and a third baby I'd like deliver my own baby on the side of the road like trying to get to the hospital so I'm like that yeah. doesn't seem like fun and I'll be on the news yeah but you'd be right. you'd be well equipped though. You could you could do it. Yeah, I'm I pretty probably, sure that I you probably could. could. It, I really want to. <laughs> want to? Yeah. Um, yeah. How's that sure. ship sailed? The... You know, they're potty trains. Yeah. They're in school, like they're getting big. I'm AMA. I'm my fan. <laughs> yeah. I know. I hope was an to M- get out without being AMA. AMA. I was 34, 33. Oh, good. My second. So I snuck. Yeah, snuck yeah, yeah. By, but. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but like, 
they're getting big and like they're independent. Like I've been talking to you for what, like an hour and they've only bothered me one time. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know if you want to do it, but do it yeah, year, now, right? now it's not really the best time either. So I'm not, that's really going to happen. Right. You know, like I don't want to be pregnant no. during the pandemic and yada, yada. And exactly. you've got the Chicago yeah. marathon yeah, to run. My race in the fall. So I guess it's out. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I always talk about yeah. having more kids, but that's that yeah, I just I like know, to we talk were talking about to it. Some it's friends just... know, that used to live in Oregon, we knew they were the husband's was in residency with my husband, and then we're all friends. They live in Wisconsin now, and the uh, Danielle was like, "Oh, are you guys having any more?" And Jonathan's like, "I don't know. You know, it's always up to her." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like. <laughs> We've never discussed having more. I'm like, <laughs> it's a big jump, I think, to go from two to three. It it is, but, yeah, it is. But um, exactly. and you know, you're probably gonna have twins or something like that. If you being AMA, yeah, then I and I, I think four four really seems like a lot, especially with twins at the yeah. end when you're I mean, I'm already older yes. and tired from life, and then to have twins, yeah. We can't all be Laura Morrison yeah, no. or Cat Gregory. <laughs> it's, it's like I look at I look them at like, oh my gosh, no. And then the hero, but... my friend, my best friend has twins. I'm like, I can't. And she wants to have another one. She actually was in the middle of an IVF cycle and had it got canceled because of the pandemic. But that was for her. She had twins right. first. And uh. So now she's going for hopefully one because she wants to actually enjoy the baby as an infant because she said she didn't really feel like she enjoyed yeah. their infancy because they were just you know trying to survive and get through the day so she's like yeah. I want to just have one baby so I can actually enjoy them being yeah. a baby the baby she's gonna yeah, think exactly. it's so easy she'll be like bored yeah. it's like what what else toddlers. is there to do yeah, although exactly. then she'll have like so twin toddlers as, <laughs> like quite as nice like, Right. What brought you to the New York area? Right. I grew up on the Sounds like you're from the West Coast, Coast, right? Chicago for undergrad and then stayed for med school and residency. My husband, (sighs) my husband grew up there and did everything Um, there. We met in college. Um, We came out here because his fellowship for minimally invasive surgery was here at the medical center. And then I wasn't attending. So I got a job at Jacoby. We thought maybe we would just be here for a year while he did fellowship and then we'd go back to Chicago. But he really liked the group that he was training with and they offered him a job. And I was relatively happy at Jacoby then and got like the loan repayment plan. So I was doing that. So then we just stayed and now we bought a house and now we're really, um, now we're really settled here. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you meet yeah, Sabari and Nadi? Uh, yeah. 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 Another Sinai person. And Rif- Rifki no, Kenstein? So. Was she at Jacoby? I can't remember. She may have been at Monty. Okay. I, her name sounds familiar. Monty. I think I saw her in Monty. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get like, I know. Everybody. We basically right? know yeah. like, you know, all the same people. <laughs> and you took all of our patients that flew. I mean, not that you stole them, but yeah. like literally they fled New York City. Yeah. and they they were running for the hills Probably, so a lot of them yeah. are delivering I think our group uh, didn't take now. a lot over yeah. a certain gestational age but I know the West Med group did so they're probably mostly delivering with them yeah I mean 
that's pretty smart. I mean, we, and just as a rule, we don't like to take people yeah. like late second, even third trimester, you know, in the middle of their pregnancy. Um, so honestly, like I, if I were you, I think you guys, you know, by not accepting them, I think that's fully yeah. within your right yeah, and probably like a smart move. Enough, so. So. Right. No, totally. But anyway, all right. I've kept you on the phone for like a whole hour. I can't believe they didn't come in again and ask for like another thing or uh, letting them do screen time. So they're happy. Right. You're like, just go Luca's favorite movie is Onward. It came out last Friday. It's really cute. I know. Yeah. My kids watched it too. Are we watching it together? Yeah. No, totally. There's a lot. Yeah, a lot of good movies Which is coming good, out. Uh, coming so much. Out. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so the next time that you are working is not yeah, until what week, three days my, from now. I think because of Passover, one of my partners, she we switched, so I would have been on this past Tuesday yet instead of yesterday. So now I'm back in three days. So I'm on on Saturday, but then it's back to like Q four. Okay. Yeah, it's not, seems it's pretty not so bad. Reasonable, like, yeah, yeah. All right, Michelle, I really appreciate, especially you're like still not feeling a hundred percent, and so I appreciate you coming on. I mean, I'm sure everyone's so curious about what's going on, and I'm really hoping all of us yeah, are turning, flatten the turning curve, the and we're on here, the down so. slope now, and things are getting better. People yeah. keep doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. Hopefully nobody goes to church for Easter. Exactly. I know. I know. We're having like their big right. Easter meals together or Passover meals home. together. I a lot so of friends just, last night were doing like a Seder let's just um, on Zoom. So that seems like a good way to do it. Yeah. No, I saw that too. I mean, my friends at the hospital were Zooming in or FaceTiming in to like their respective family um yeah. gatherings virt- virtual gatherings so so yeah we're all I mean, very good it's at the new normal now. now so i didn't know it existed yeah. a month ago <laughs> totally. and now I know all right michelle i know i didn't even know yeah exactly i was like what the right. heck is zoom like why aren't people facetiming it's, but nice it's actually so much so that so much easier like, and everybody you... and it's i've done some happy hours with my friends yeah yeah, I mean, I zoomed people that like I should have for a long time. Like my residency friends, we all did it. Like the our class. Yeah, I was like, this is really fun. So, yeah. Thank all you. right. I hope you feel better, Michelle. Yeah, yep, and I'm stay safe. Wear your PPE. My car, just in case they do run out at some point. Yeah, every, you get yeah, one. Every you get one every shift. Yeah, us too. So, um, knock. Yeah, yeah. Knock on wood. Um, and we're face shield, and and you have all that stuff, right? Made me like a like a scrub cap, so then my hair is covered. So I've been wearing that, and then like when I go into the OR or other things, I put a disposable scrub cap on top of that, so then I have extra layer. Yeah. 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 That sounds. Yeah. I mean, sounds good that you guys have plenty of PPE. So. All yep. right. Thanks again. All right. Bye. All right. You too. Well, there you go, MDRT. Thanks for listening. I hope at some point um, 
we can shift our focus away from COVID-19. But for now, it's pretty much dominating our lives and our work lives as well. So I just thought it would be fun to get some different perspectives um, around the country. Uh, we wish Michelle well. We hope you're feeling better, Michelle. Thanks for jumping on with me. And hopefully we all continue to uh, flatten the curve and see less and less cases. I think um, different um, hospitals and um, cities will have their own curves and different challenges to deal with. And hopefully at some point we'll get some races um, going. But for now, I hope everyone is healthy and happy and continuing running and enjoying um, the outdoors. So happy running, guys. Bye. Thank you.